Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. <laughs> a commission of inquiry for the commissions of inquiry. Uh, that is hilarious. Okay, welcome to the second hour today. Brian is revisiting retirement planning in relation to where you are and the future you are trying to build up and ultimately, of course, to your retirement. And uh, have your pen and paper ready and make a few notes. So you decided not to come to the studio today, Brian Hirsch, no. chairperson of Brian Hirsch Coley and Associates. Good morning. Darling, unfortunately, no car, couldn't get there, and so I'm doing it from my office. Good morning, Brian. Good morning to you, KG. Nice to chat to you on the phone. Always good to see you in the studio. You know, we have a good, we have a lot of good banter in between when they, when we got the news and and adverts are on. But it's good to you. Yeah, KG. Last week with Kathy and I, we got a couple of calls about retirement, and I said I would revisit retirement planning, and that's why I've in, I've suggested to people that they get a pen and paper. To, have, uh, to, to make a few notes and also to talk about the formula that I, de- that I de- developed some years ago, maybe 20 years ago, to calculate how much you ma- cap- capital you will need at retirement to retire and have financial independence. Only 6% of South Africans are able to retire. That's the latest statistics given out by the different financial institutions. But, but let me, look, in most cases, I always make the comment, it would always be advisable to speak to a financial advisor to help you understand the various steps. So with your permission, let me start with step one. You, step one is most people that are, in, that are working and, and are members of pension or provident funds have some value in their fund already. So the first step is to understand what is the value of your assets presently. But this must exclude lifestyle assets such as your home unless you're living in a more expensive home and when you get to retirement, you, t- you, d- you downgrade and come out with cash. The three boxes of selling your home in retirement is threefold. One, will you come out with any money? In other words, the sale of your home and a purchase of another home. Two, will you save money on a monthly basis or annual basis? And three, the third block you've got to tick is will you be happy? So stage one is put together and get someone to help you put together where are you in this journey. What are you currently contributing? Because it's easy to say I'm worth 150000 or 500000 today, but I'm also making contributions. I'm contributing to pension and provident funds. I may be contributing to endowment policies. I may be contributing to unit trusts, which includes the suite of Satrix funds. I may have some funds offshore. So what are you currently contributing? And calculate a 9% return per annum on both what you, where you are today together with future contributions, certainly if you have longer than eight years to go to retirement. Then on all future contributions, calculate what this will be worth at your proposed retirement age, and it could be any age, but let's use for purposes of this morning 65. So, KG, those are the first steps that one needs to take. Okay, and and you know the the question that always comes to me is: Is it ever too late uh, to start planning for your retirement? Well, it may be too late to standing to plan 
for financial freedom in retirement, but it's certainly never too late to be putting something away to make your life that much easier at retirement, particularly, you know, people in their 50s and 60s and even maybe mid-40s, if they haven't put enough away, they're certainly going to battle. So it's never too late, and it's always, always the saying always goes, if you do nothing, you'll have nothing, and if you do something, you'll have something. So I think it's important to step one is to calculate where are you today, what are you contributing, and what will that be worth at 65. That's stage one of your investment. Stage two relates to your expenses. So let's talk about your expenses. You need to do a budget, but you need to extract from the budget, your current budget, the following. Bond costs, because at retirement, the ideal situation is you should have a home paid by retirement. You need to put, take out of the budget contributions to investment and retirement funds, because when you retire, you're not going to be making investments and drawing at the same time. You're just going to be making less, in, you're going to be making less investments, so you must take that cost out. Educational costs. If your children should be of your hands by retirement, and this includes living costs at home, as well as possibly being a member of your medical aid. That must come out of your budget, because to, if you retire today, hopefully you wouldn't have any other things. And any other deb debit costs, for example, if, 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 example, if you've got 40, if you need at the moment 40,000 rand a month, and all the above items come to 25,000, then you would currently need 15,000 today. Now, depending on your age, just to give you an indication, a 35-year-old who at inflation rate of 7% every 10 years, he'll need double what he needs. So a 35-year-old at 45 will need not 15,000, but 15,000. At 55, he'll need 60,000. And at, um, um, at 55, at 65, he'll need 120. Now, don't get a fright. As this is what inflation does. And if you're a young person, talk to a pensioner and ask them, what were they earning 30 to 40 years ago and what do they need today? So you've got to understand inflation it makes numbers look ex extremely high. Mm. So now you've done two exercises. One exercise, you've got a financial planner to help you. Where are you today? And number two, how much will you need at retirement having removed all the expenses that should fall away? Now, you'll have, so with those two numbers, you need to understand how will these numbers stack up. So let's assume you're 150 or 200,000 today. And just to give an example, investment returns must always beat inflation. So where I was working on inflation of 7%, I'm talking about investment returns on 9%. That means the cap, your capital will double every eight years. So 150,000 in eight years will be 300. In another eight years, six years, 600,000. It will be worth 2.4 million in 24 years' time and 4.8 million in 32. Now, I know these sound high numbers. That's why you need to sit with someone to do it for you. Calculate, I'll have so much money at 65, and this is how much it will give me in income. Now, what is my shortfall? If you have a shortfall, then the question is, how much else do I need to put away until retirement to get to make up that shortfall. So it's three components. One, where are you today? Two, what will your expenses be net of all those expenses that should fall away? And then to tie up that against each other and what else will I need to 
I've, defe- I've developed a formula which I found out when sharing it on radio. It does complicate the matter. So if anyone wants the formula, please take down this email address. Um, it's info at anchorcapital.co.za. I'll repeat it. Info at anchorcapital.co.za. We'll send you the formula which will help you show you, you can do your calculations, how much capital you'll need. And that's why I've said this may be a complicated conversation this morning, but that's why I've suggested you sit down with a financial advisor in your area. You can always call the FPI, Financial Planning Institute, to find out, or you can talk to a financial planner in your bank to find out and ask them to do the exercise for you. Where are you in your journey? What do you still need to do in that journey to get you to financial freedom? Okay. Next week, next week, KG, I'm going to talk about pensioners and the choices at retirement, the difference between a life annuity and a living annuity, because I don't want to leave out people who are close to retirement and people who are in retirement. I want to deal with that next week. Okay. Today is the build-up, and next week I'll deal with what happens when you're in retirement or reaching retirement. Okay, so I'm going to go to break. You know, Mos, we always have to go to break. I'm going to go to break, and then we'll come back with the questions that we do have in the studio. It's 10.21. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. 10.22, we're building up to your retirement today with uh, Brian Hirsch, chairperson of uh, Brian Hirsch Coley and Associates. Uh, Brian, number one, I'm going to read the texts first and then we'll go to the voice note. Uh, the first text is, hi, KG. Could you please ask Brian whether it's wise to take pension money to pay the outstanding bond? Also, how much is text when one withdraws the pension money? I'm 42 years old. Thank you from Simpiwe in Cape Town. Simpiwi, there are two main important components. One is to have, obviously have your home paid at retirement, but then you also need a cash lump sum to provide you with income. You know, it's fine to have a home paid for, but if you don't have income, how do you pay the expenses on the home? So understand what the tax components are of, of withdrawing from a pension fund. At this stage, you get 25,000 rand, and that's how much you get tax-free. Then the balance of the of the funds are taxed as follows. It's taxed in what you call the withdrawal tables, not the retirement tables. And those are two different tables. The retirement tables are a little bit more um, beneficial to, to, to those retiring. And the tax tables are clear that, and I'm just having a look at them because I don't numbers, but the, on, the, on the first draw, withdrawal, 25,000, there is no tax payable. Between 25,000 and 660,000, you pay tax of 18%. On the next 330, you pay tax on the 20, on 27%. And then anything above 990,000, you pay tax of 36%. So depending on your tax rate, if you're in a very high tax rate, then obviously you're going to pay virtually could be paying anything between 30 to 36 percent away in tax. If you put that into your bond, you're going to be saving the future monthly contribution. What you would need to calculate is if you're in a slightly lower tax rate, then you you know even though retirement tax tables have no bearing on what your tax rate is because it's a set amount. 
But depending on your tax rate, what deduction you're getting from your contributions, if you take the contribution you make into the bond, you've now withdrawn from the retirement fund and you now take the contribution you are making to the bond and you put that into investment, what will that give you at retirement age? And you need to do those two numbers. So again, it's each, everyone's circumstances are very different and I'm suggesting that you sit with a financial advisor. Don't begrudge the use of a financial advisor. They're there with you right through your lifetime, right through retirement, uh, certainly. So, you need to sit with them, pay them their fee, pay them, give them what they're entitled to, but get good advice so they can do the calculations for you. Okay, here's another one. Morning, please ask Brian. I'm a single man with eight years to go until retirement at the age of 65. I am voluntarily contributing an extra an extra 3,000 rand to my Provident Fund monthly because I have a big shortfall in my Provident Fund. Is this the best option for me, considering I have eight years to go until retirement? Yes, you, you lose out on the, the eighth wonder of the world, which is the power of compound interest, interest on interest on interest, and you only really feel that over a long period of time. However, with eight years to go, you can still make up as much as you can. And remember, whatever you deduct, and what you're paying towards a retirement fund, in your case, a provident fund, is tax deductible. So again, depending on your tax rate, which could be anything from 18% to 45%, that's what the receiver of revenue is paying for you. Let's just explain it. The extra 3,000 Rand that you're putting in at a tax rate of 30%, in other words, if you earn the money, you would have to pay 900 Rand's worth of tax, which would only give you 2,100 to invest outside of your retirement plan. Whereas if you Whereas you put into your retirement plan, you've got the whole 3,000. So I think that's a great investment because for someone putting 3,000 Rand away in at a, at a 30% tax rate saving, it's costing them 2,100 and they've got an investment of 3,000 Rand. So you're really, the investment is giving you nearly a 45% extra return. So yes, put as much as you can. With eight years to go, you are going to lose out on interest on interest. But that doesn't mean that you can't, you don't have to have retirement take all the funds. You can allow the funds still to be invested for maybe another few years, even though you'll take part retirement and do it. So it's a good idea. Carry it on. And the higher your tax rate, the more you should be trying to put in maximum. You're allowed 27.5% of your salary of your taxable salary a year with a maximum of 350000 as a tax deduction. Go for it and do it. Fantastic. Peter is on the line in Berea. Hi, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, KG. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Brian is listening. I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Yes. Uh, actually, I would like to ask Brian this question. From 2000 and 2005, I've been contributing to Old Mutual Group Team Retirement Fund. And then um, that time I was working as a contract for five years. So it ended in 2005. And then during that time, I was um, contributing five, uh, like 500 rails to um, Old Mutual Group Scheme my Funds. But now when I go to Old Mutual, they say there's no inactivities. But when they open my profile, yes, my profile is still appearing there. So when I ask them why is not uh, why my file is there or why my account is there, but there's no inactivities of any um, like 
history of my contributions. Uh, so I don't get a full answer. But fortunate enough, I had um, uh, I still have a bank statement from Standard Bank that shows I was contributing that money from 2005, from 2000 to 2005. I still have those statements. So it shows only the debit order reference number. And uh, that debit order reference number, it doesn't appear in a, um, old Mushua. So the question, actually, I would like to get advice from Brian. Peter, did you work for a company, or was this deduction straight from your bank account into Old Mutual? It was just straight from my account to Old Mutual. Okay, so it wasn't through a group scheme. It was, you weren't a member of a fund that was doing it on yes. your behalf. Okay, Peter, yes. I can only suggest the following, and I'm not promising anything. I'm going to give my number out shortly. Please yes. send me. Please send the message to my radio line, and then we will. You will send. We will let you know. We'll contact you. You'll send us a copy of your bank statement together with the old mutual uh, reference, and we will do our best to trace it for you. No promises, but we'll do our best. Okay. I will appreciate that. Okay. Okay, give those details to the producers then, Peter, and then we'll okay. come back with more calls and uh, more voice notes uh, for Brian Hirsch. It's uh, Personal Finance Tuesday with uh, Brian Hirsch. It's 10.30 though now. Luanda Maom is standing by with the news headlines. Tweet at SFM Radio and at KG Mwekezi. Aula, I'll let you know that uh, the electricity minister is giving an address to the public and as soon as uh, we know exactly what it is that he said, we will tell you uh, he's giving an update on the electricity grid. But it is uh, Personal Finance Tuesday with Brian Hirsch and Brian Hirsch is the chair of Brian Hirsch Coley and Associates and he's on the line. Brian, uh, here are some more questions. First one. Is it wise to increase the default amount that the company takes from your salary for your retirement? Yeah, look, there's two. There's obviously, as I answered the, the question early on, it's. I think it's a great idea to put more in, but one also needs to consider whether you shouldn't be putting more into your bonds. So again, depending on your tax rate, because bear in mind that whatever you contribute to retirement funds up to the maximum of 350,000 rand a year is tax deductible. So if you're in a low tax bracket, maybe it's better rather than put it extra into your retirement fund, put extra into your bond, because your bond rate today is, is costing you somewhere around about 105 to 11.5%. And if you're at prime, 11.75, and, that, and those are the type of returns that retirement funds would love to do. So it, it, so it, it, it could be an or, uh, one or the other, but if it's not into your bond, certainly it, it makes a lot of sense to make more greater contributions to retirement funds. Next one, at Brian, downsizing for some at retirement is a practice step as the children have moved on, but renting out of a large house can offer a better inflation-related income and retain capital gain of an asset to offset rental of smaller retire- retirement living. This is Jami. Do you want to comment on that? You know, Jami, look, you know, property, yes, you may be getting a good rate of return, but you've got to understand 
off the rental comes maintenance and off the rental also comes rates and taxes. There's also often the hassle with tenants and not te- tenants sometimes decide not to pay and to client collect. And then when, te- when, when a tenant moves out, you've probably got to do certain maintenance to the property. You may be without rental for a few months. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you get, so I always say rather rent to a good tenant who pays a little bit less than pay to a, a tenant who pays top price because top price is like everything else, the greater the risk. Uh, it's not true that the greater return, the risk you take on. So it makes make, make sense. I think properties in South Africa, other than certain white pockets, you can talk about the, the, the north coast of Natal, you can talk about the Atlantic seaboard in the Cape, the various other pockets, but certainly in Gauteng, property prices have fallen, property prices are not increasing. So it's not a guarantee over the last five years, if you bought a property five years ago, you would probably have shown no capital appreciation whatsoever. So it's a fine tune. It's an emotional. It's an emotional decision. Uh, I much rather put money into a um, into a property fund. Yes, we're building up to your retirement with Brian Hash. If you want to ask Brian a question, please call on 086-000-2032, 086-000-2032. Alternatively, send us a WhatsApp on 0614104107, 0614104107. Here's another one, Brian. Why is it that pension fund administrators don't tell members where they are investing their monies? I mean, workers uh, b- will be investing investing in non-kosher companies. This is from Freddie. Yeah, Freddie, that's a very difficult one because, you know, the board of trustees are empowered. They are the the ones that run the pension funds. In most cases, they contract professional financial professional advisors and investment houses. And then the, the board of trustees invest your funds. But there's no harm in you asking for information. But, you know, when you talk about there the are many religions who have their, their own beliefs. I have a client now who doesn't want to be invested in pharmaceuticals. You have clients who don't want to be invested in alcohol or gambling. Uh, those, type of, those type of comments should be passed on to the board of trustees, and they need to take cognizance of that request. Uh, you, you also, within your many funds, have, have different portfolios you could invest in. So you need to talk to your trustees, to the principal officer, ask the questions, and then make a call if it falls without, with, if it falls within those areas that you don't want to be invested in. But if I think about, if I think about the the top funds, if you look at British Tobacco and you look at Diageo globally, which is alcohol, and you look at gambling resorts and all those type of things, you know, I can understand that. Yeah, uh, here's a voice note for you, Brian. Hello, OKG. Uh, I'm anonymous. Uh, I don't know whether you can help me here. Uh, I was dismissed, uh, and then when I checked at uh, GEPF, my the estimate was uh, the money that I was supposed to get, according to the estimation, is ninety-four thousand four hundred forty-two. And when I get the money, I only got. Uh, uh, 48,000 rands. When I called them, they said it's actual factors, something it's called actual factors. It's like uh, uh, what rates? Yeah, they said it's it's something, it's called actual factors. So I, I don't understand. This money, it's almost half 
the money that was detected is almost half. From 94,000 to 48,000. Can you please just help me? Anonymous, you started off by saying I was dismissed. Now, the only time any organization can deduct money from a retirement fund is where the member has, has themselves admitted to have done something fraudulent or to have owed, the, owed money to the organization, which is then be deducted. The tax on 94,000 Rand is minimal because the first 25,000 Rand is tax-free and the balance of 69,000 would have been taxed at 18%, which is less than, less than 12,000. So you could have lost 12,000 to tax, but there's no, I cannot explain. And unfortunately, the difficulty for me taking any request to GEPF is absolutely a waste of time. I can never get through. I never get through to the same person twice. And I really, I really can't take on this project at all. You'll have to, you have to write to them and you'll have to ask for a full explanation. Uh, when you get that explanation, you can always let me have that explanation and then I can comment to you further. But unfortunately, whereas I offered someone previously on this earlier in the call that I would help to have a look at why these money seems to have disappeared from Old Mutual, that's a commercial company. I can find out those details. GPVF, um, won't even try. Okay, please keep uh, your voice notes coming or your uh, text really on the zero six one four one zero four one zero seven number. We are building up to your retirement in our personal finance Tuesday with Brian Hirsch, and we'll continue with Brian in a short while. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. 10.43, it's a Personal Finance Tuesday with Brian Hirsch and we're building up to your retirement with uh, Brian Hirsch. And remember, you can ask any finance-related question to Brian on the number 086-000-2032, or the WhatsApp line 0614104107. That's 0614104107. Here's a voice note. Hi, Katie. Uh my question to your guest is uh, our company is uh, retrenching so they say they will look uh, for spaces in the other division but now the problem is that they say uh, now they have decided that they forfeit all the savings so all our services if you have worked maybe for 20 years in the company if they move you to another division then you will lose your services my question is is uh, is that legally can they do that uh, legally they definitely can't do they definitely can't do that legally I mean, your money is not in the company. Your money is in a retirement fund, which is registered with a South African insurer and invested with that insurer. If they move you to another division, I would imagine within that company, you'll still be contributing to a retirement fund. Alternatively, if you do get retrenched, and I'm really sad to hear that, don't like to hear those type of stories. But, but if you are, you have choices. You can leave it in the fund. Uh, you can move it to, to your own preservation fund which means you move it tax neutral, there's no tax, and it's housed there for you. Certain options under that preservation fund where you could make one withdrawal before retirement, uh, subject to what I've been discussing this morning, the tax tables. 
first 25,000 rand tax-free, balance taxed at 18% up to 660,000. But the quick, simple answer to your question is they can't do it. It's not legal. If they retrench you, they have to give you options of where your money is going to go. And if they move you to another division, you will remain a member of the pension fund and they've got to continue contributing and your money stays housed in that retirement fund. Okay, here's a question. Hi, Brian. Can I ask my employer to reduce my retirement contributions and then pay the difference towards my bond? It's Anele. It's Anele. Anele, you can't do that because your retirement contributions are based on the rules of the fund. The rules of the fund determine what contribution the employer is going to pay, what contribution you're going to pay, what the benefits are. It's registered with the FSB and you can't you can't then pay less. It's only I've been talking where individuals have been paying more to their retirement fund that's expected. In other words, voluntary contributions and it's those voluntary contributions that you can reduce, you can stop and maybe and maybe transfer the balance to your bond. But you can't you can't change and, and act differently to the rules of the fund and the rule remember joining the fund was a condition of employment in your letter of employment it would say you have to join the company fund if a company hasn't got a fund and then starts a fund members have a choice whether they want to join the fund or not uh, but once you are, once you are employed by a company that has a retirement fund it is a condition of employment And here's another one. I am in my 20s, Brian, and I am trying to decide what is best, whether uh, it is best to invest my money in a property first or if it is best to invest my money in savings as I go on. This is from Tabo. Tabo, there's a very different concept to savings and investing. Savings is for the short term, one to three years. I'm going to need money. I need to buy a car. I want to put a deposit down on a property. I need to build up that deposit. That is what I call one to three years, and that's more savings. You're not going to take any risk on that. You're not going to look for growth. You want certainty and security. But when you're in your 20s, there's no better time than start to put a small amount away, anything around about 75 to 10% away into a retirement annuity, And if you continue to do that, increase your contributions in the years to come, you will be one of those 96% that can retire comfortably. You've also got medium-term investments, and that's money that may be five to eight years, not the short-term savings, and that you don't want to go into retirement funds because there's a lock-in under retirement until a minimum age of 55. So that's where you want to be looking at endowment policies, at unit trusts, it includes the suite of Satrix funds. So it's three different stages. Short term, one to three years. Medium term, four, eight years. Long term, retirement funds. Yeah, and we all want Tabo's age, don't we, uh, Brian? Here's another one. Well, uh, aren't we all physiologically that age, Katie? Uh, I, su- I suppose. physiologically that age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my, mi- in, my, in my mind, I'm 18, actually. Uh, so, <laughs> so here's another one for you, Brian. Morning, I have a question for Brian Hirsch. I've been uh, with GEPF. I don't know what that is. You probably do, Brian. Government Employee Pension Fund. Government okay. Employee Pension Fund. I have been with a Government Employee Pension Fund since 2003. 
three. I will be retiring in three years at the age of 65 from the public sector. My question is that, should I stay with a, a GEPF after retirement or should I move my funds to another retirement fund? Okay, you need to have a look at it because remember the one advantage of government employee pension funds is that yearly they give you increases on your pension, maybe small, 3 to 4%, depending. Uh, the trouble is if you die, depending on your circumstances, if you have a spouse, your spouse will receive a percentage, but if you die after a certain number of years, your children will get nothing. So you've got to determine, you will have had at age 65, 20 years plus a further three years, to retirement. So the question of your retirement is, what did you do up to age, up to before, at now you, you're age 62. So what is savings did you make up to age 42? And what are you now, the last 20 years, been putting into the fund? You need to get those calculations. And that's what I was doing this morning to saying to individuals, you know, do those numbers. And I, I also have a formula and I hope everything I've said this morning is I have a retirement calculation and you can get that on our on, on our anchor capital.info um, website um, if, you, if you want it. So coming back to, to your question, yep, uh, don't make the decision today. When you get to retirement, depending on your circumstances, depending if you want to leave money to a spouse or children, then you'll make that decision. If, they, if that's not a major criteria, you may very well stay with a government pension fund. Uh, I think your pension is pretty secure um, under the government pension fund. So here's another question that relates to the government uh, employment pension fund. I am with the GEPF. I'm currently on suspension, accumulated about 4.5 million rand resignation benefits. What will be the tax implication if I decide to transfer for I mean to transfer to the preservation fund I am currently 57 years old okay if you transfer fund there is no tax it is tax neutral the money comes out of the government employee pension fund into your own preservation fund which could be with any any company Sunlam or mutual momentum Liberty doesn't really matter then you have to decide for eight more years or however long you have got to retirement, how you want those funds invested. So I talk about the companies that I just mentioned as the room. You're going to buy a room from a company and the money is going to be transferred to a preservation, tax neutral, no tax. Then you've got to decide how to invest those funds. And that's what I like to furniture. Furniture you move around in a room. So you've got to decide what funds you want invested. And that's where you need the help of a financial advisor. Lastly, if for, you, for, for the benefit of our listeners, if you have four and a half million and you withdraw that fund from without not putting in your preservation fund, you will pay tax of about 1.7 million. So that's what happens if you withdraw rather than transfer it to a preservation fund. Okay. Uh, here's another voice note for you, Brian. KG, good morning. Good morning to Brian. Good morning to all your team in the studio. It's Uncle JJ, the truck drive. I would like to ask, Saz was saying that I'm owing them 23000 After I take this case to my lawyers, uh, after their assessment, Saz, they said, no, uh, we've refunded you almost 8000 But I never got any 8000 refund from Saz. Right now, they are saying, I'm owing again 11000 They need the 2020 
returns, but I've sent the 2020 returns. So I don't know how do I go about this case now. I'm totally confused. From 23,000, they said they refund me. Now they are saying now I'm owing 11,000. Maybe can Brian help me on that? Okay. Well, so, you know, SARS, just, just to understand, SARS have a way of before they refund you, they do an audit on you, they have a look at your tax returns, and if you owe them money, they will withhold the 8,000 against the 11,000 rand that they claim that you owe them. That doesn't mean correct, that doesn't mean it's correct. What you would need to do is you would need to go to a SARS office closest to you and sit down with them and try and work through this and explain to them. They need to explain to you. They, they, have, a, they have a philosophy that if you come in and you're really having trouble, they have staff who will help you. You may have to wait a while to see someone, but they will have staff to help you. I'd just like to mention, this is very important, if you owe SARS money, the, the banks act as agents for SARS, and SARS can go directly to your bank account and take the money out. So you need to be aware that if you owe SARS money, you need to either go and chat to them about coming to, finding a way to come to terms with them of how you're going to pay them, but don't just leave it. Don't just put the piece of paper and file it away. SARS have a way of getting their money. They're an efficient organization. But coming back to our caller, go and chat to SARS and ask them please to explain it. But the simple explanation is if you owe them 11 and you um, and they owe you 8, you're not going to get your 8 until you've said. And you're gonna, they're going to set it off and you'll end up owing them the difference. Or alternatively, They've deducted the eight already, and you already owed them 19. So you need to talk to a SARS office. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, a beautiful good morning to you, says Katie. Uh, that's me and Kathy, either KG or Katie, but I think it's a combo, says Katie. And Mr. <laughs> Brian and all SAFM listeners, I would like to remain anonymous, please. I'm currently working in Rotondo Walnuts PTY LTD farm in the Free State by Hudmud Road from Aliwal North. Unfortunately, I'm one of 93 permanent employees that have been retrenched to 40 permanent employees left within the company and September 22 is our last day in the company. Would you guys please help me find out through my documents from Old Mutual what is my retrenchment worth? Because at our company, Old Mutual seems and sounds confused themselves. Okay, I think you're confusing Old Mutual. Old Mutual is obviously where the money is placed in your retirement fund. That's very separate to what the company can do in, of retrenchment. In retrenchment, you're entitled to a certain retrenchment benefit, one week for every year that you've been employed, plus leave place, plus any other outstanding pay. The, the confusion may be that at either on retrenchment or retirement, you're entitled up to 550,000 rand tax-free. So you can either take it from your retirement funds or you can take it from your employee or you can take it from both sources if it's not above 550. So I think you're confusing the possible tax advantages of retrenchment versus where what is the money with Old Mutual that's completely separate to the fund, to the monies that the company has to pay you for that retrenchment benefit. 
Okay. Uh, but the number to dial if you want to ask Brian a question, 86 2032 The SMS line is 41391 yeah, well, um, and also the news you gave this morning, the Rand at 20, uh, 20, uh, 8, 20, um, 20, uh, 19 20, something, 20, 19 Rand 22, 19 Rand 22 to the and dollar. The oil price at, and the oil price at 88.27 means we're not going to get any relief next month. That's the month of October. Uh, yeah, nothing you can do. KG, just one thing, if people have missed my program, you can all get, always get the formula on info at anchorcapital.co.za. We will send you exactly what I've been saying this morning together with a formula where you can, where you can work out what you need for, uh, and where you are on your retirement journey. Okay, and if people want to send you questions for next week, do they send yeah, to the questions, same? Questions, they need to please make sure that they get, tell me where they're phoning from, what the question is, 011-880-4888. I want all your phone numbers, and I also want your question and where you're phoning from, because if I phone back and I can't find you, then what's going to happen is I'm going to pass your message on to someone in your area, but if you don't give your area, I can't do that. KG? Missed you today? Listen, I still have one, uh, two now. They just came through now. Two last questions. Good morning, KG. Please ask Brian for me. I'm 34 years old, started working for government in 2016 for about seven years. I resigned last month and want to take a job at another department. I have no idea of how much my payout will be, but I intend on either investing it where it can accumulate interest or buy a house once I get stable in the new job. Please advise. Well, if you're going to take the money out, you're going to pay tax, as I said, anything above 25000 If you go into a new department, you'll stay employed by government employee, and you'll just move, in the, move your funds to that, in, to that uh, and stay in the GEPF, uh, but it, it's through another department. Yeah. And the second question. And the second question is a voice note. Hi, Brian. I just want to know if you retire in the police force at 55, do you pay penalties? Yes, you will pay penalties if you're on the defined benefit fund, and depending what fund you're on, if you're on the defined contribution fund, no, you won't pay penalties because it's accumulation of the employer and employee contributions. But if you're on a defined benefit fund, there are penalties because you're retiring early, and early, and the, the fund is calculated how many years you're going to work for, so there will be penalties. So depending what fund you're under, defined contribution or defined benefit fund, you need to check up. Under defined contribution fund, which is employer and employee both know what their contribution is, there will be no penalties. Thank you, Brian. Have a lovely day. You too. All the best, KG. Fantastic. Okay. It's 11 Luanda Maoma standing by with the news.